Okay, with the team, with the filmmaking team of The Nightingale, Robbie Stevens, director, and Abby Elliott, the producer, uh, UK film. Uh, it's They say it's inspired by real-life events. It's about PTSD. Uh, how is it inspired by real-life events? Um, basically, I uh, we both coach actors um, in London, and they're young actors. And in the year before I wrote The Nightingale, there was a huge escalation of like uh girls and well mainly women that were being sexually assaulted or raped um we're not talking one or two we're talking one in two and it affected their progress and their dreams and after a while it felt like they didn't have a voice so we decided we wanted to do something about it yeah and then you wrote a, you wrote a, a script kind of based on that kind of thematic yeah so a lot of the the story overall is a lot of their stories pieced together. Gotcha. And then when they when they were they okay with like kind of their them sharing their story because it's like you yeah. know sometimes people are are afraid to kind of show like to talk about things like this. Yeah, they definitely were. They were just happy that the film had a voice and that it wasn't swept under the carpet. You know, it's we do also do a podcast. Um, based around the characters in our films and um one of the themes that are coming out is that you know all the way from um rape culture all the way up to actual rape it feels like it just has to be swept under the carpet because life happens right so the fact that we were talking about it through the nighting um so one of one of our goals with yeah. the film and with the podcast is to make people feel heard make people feel seen um and reach out to people that maybe aren't speaking because they feel like they can't. Yeah, 100%. And it's a, it's a really interesting way that we guys made the film. It's 37 minutes, which is like, that's that's what I call an epic short film. Were you guys yeah. worried about like the length of the film? Were you maybe thinking about like splitting it into parts? I was just curious. Yeah, we were worried. Obviously, we did a lot of research into film festivals because, you know, there is a commercial side to all of this, isn't there? Uh -huh. It's not just humanitarian. Program, for mine, it's a programming side, right? So you can either program your film or or other films that fit, like six or seven other right. films that fit in 37 minutes. Go ahead. And, but the, the more I researched on mm. top of all the real-life stories, the more I felt that I couldn't, and Abs concurred, that we couldn't tell the story under that amount. The unraveling of PTSD, it's not just one thing. It's it's it happens over time. For yeah. Grace, it happened for a year. For others, it takes, you know, it can happen over 20 years. And it's all different stages and it's a cycle. You don't just get off it. You keep it just goes around until, you know, th there's a way out. And essentially the Nightingale is a story of hope. And we don't just land the audience in it. We want to show them a way off that. Okay, we just thought it was important to honor what Loads of people go through with PTSD, and that took 37 minutes. So the first five minutes, it's it's almost like a kind of a mini short film about the the day in the life of this wo woman. You start with her running in the morning, and then you it's fast pacing, cameras moving like crazy, and then you're showing her like her day day in the life of of a university students, like talking to her professor, talking to her contemporaries. And it seems like she's just a regular university student. I think that's sort of the point you're trying to make and like yeah. kind of doing her thing. And then obviously there's this subtext that as an audience, cause you kind of like, you kind of like give us a little bit of uh, 
a little bit of uh, of an insight in the beginning scene in the woods that there's something something's up something's wrong and then and then you kind of like she does her thing and then then she's she's dancing she's like she's she's creating she's talking to her uh and uh and in school, like in the in the seminars, they're like it's like just a regular person, but there's something, there's an underlying issue going on, I guess, inside of her soul. Yeah, well, it goes back in time. At the beginning, yeah. it's like looking back, and then it goes back and tells the story. And in yeah. the beginning, it's look, you know, I've got the whole world ahead of me. Yeah. I'm in my second year at uni. Things are fantastic, and then all of a sudden, she gets raped, and rape does stop your life, like. I don't think people understand how much it can prevent you from doing things, you know. Yeah. I think for the perpetrator, they forget about it by the next morning. But for someone that's gone through it, it can stay with them and they really have to work hard. So she went through the different stages of that with, you know, like um, like heavily drinking, having sex with a lot of people, then getting depressed, being rude, drinking drugs, Lots of different things. And then she found hope in other people in the community going through the same thing. Yeah. And that's the thing, the thing without giving all everything away, it's you're kind of, you have an optimistic viewpoint about the trauma. Like there's, there's a hope in the end. When you're, you're, you're telling the audience that there's a little bit of hope in the end, even though this is obviously, it's almost like, is it fair to say it's almost like a rebirth when something like this happens traumatically, like you're, you're you're starting your life new. It's a brand new life in a sense because life oh can never God. be the same again. Completely. Um, with this kind of trauma, you're never the same again. Like it, you you have to look forward to the new you and embrace that. Yeah, hundred percent. And you're gonna also show like other men being complicit in like they're they're allowing. It's like it's almost like it's okay for like you're. Like even the way the guy held her and like and the other guys watching, witnessing, and it's like it's fine. Like these these like men are kind of like like colluding with each other for this this abuse. Yeah. Um, well, it's just based on real events. Yeah. That's what happens. Like that happens to so many girls at parties. But then equally, we have someone called Michael in the film who is Grace's friend and really supports her. And he's the one that she goes to as well as a, a girlfriend, Isla, yes. to, to, you know, to help, yeah. to help herself, right, Abs? Yeah, Michael's such an important character. Yeah, sorry, we're still having like audio, like problems with the microphone. It's not like perfect. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, can, I, I can't even hear what you're saying. I'm sorry. How are we now? Good, yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael is this, make sure whoever talking to put the mic right in front of your your mouth. Yeah, um, Michael is such an important character for us. Um, he's there to be a role model for young boys to show them that they can support girls, but also to really emphasize that this isn't a man hating film. We're highlighting a problem, but men can help us solve the problem as well. Um, lots of people have picked up on Michael and seen sort of inspiration. I would mm -hmm. say inspiration in Michael. We're actually doing a campaign and taking it to Parliament with the film to help get more education in schools as a preventative measure. And we're using Michael as a tool to help with that, the character. Yeah. yeah I'm, 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 you're, the way you're describing it, it's like a conscious effort on your part to show that not all men are bad. It's almost like the analogy of like, 
of like a racist, like someone like a bunch of white guys who are a bunch of racists and showing that not all white people are <laughs> racist. It's sort of like, it's like, it's, it's, it's very conscious, I guess, on your part to say that, yeah, we're not all douchebags. Like there's some good, there's some good people uh, of us. And, but definitely. Yeah. And, and you know what, the fact is, is that we need men as our allies to make this problem yeah. go away. That that's, that's one of really big points. Yeah. We need men as our allies, boys and men. And I know loads of great men that are being allies. It's a small percentage that aren't. And one of the things too that you're showing is that like one of the, the one of the men is like a mentor. It's like a, it's like an older statesman. It's someone that you trust and look up to. And basically he is sort of like, so then you think you're fine. You think you're comfortable. You think you're okay because that man is there. That man is in the area. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't know who people are for sure. I mean, but that's also um, uh, like displaying like uh, the freeze thing that happens when people are raped. It doesn't because, you know, you hear stories about police going, but why didn't you say stop? Why didn't you fight? And actually so many people, a huge percentage of people in that same uh, situation, they freeze. And it's particularly in situations of power or where you don't suspect it and they just don't know what's going on. So I'm curious because it's obviously this could have been a, a, a feature film could have like a, could have even dived, dive even longer into her. I'm curious about what the, what your experiences of people talking to their family, like their parents about what happened to them. Like I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of embarrassment about a, like a lot of judgment that they're worried about, like, why were you in that situation? Why were you wearing these clothes? All that, these, these BS cliches. And uh, yeah. you, like, do you think about diving into that aspect of like, like, I, cause I'm just imagining my daughter, whatever. It's just like, and her not telling me that would be, that would be, well, it'd be tragic no matter what, but it would be just tragic not knowing something that she's going through that, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is a really um, common response and, I think that's why people don't say anything. Yeah. But I, I can tell you that the best thing to do is to listen, like to really not try and govern what they want to do in their healing. Don't be a hero if you're the listener, if, the, if someone's telling you that. Let them find a way of healing, but you're just there to support that. And, and to do things like, you know, the hard stuff, like making a phone call with them or sitting by them, you know, like just being an ally. But I think that but the, I think the point I was trying to make is that they don't tell their parents. A lot of these girls don't tell their parents, right? They'll tell their friends, obviously. They'll, they'll but they they're they're they they I don't know for like I said for whatever reason they there's an embarrassment or there's a judgment that they're worried about. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that depends from case to case. Sure, but of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, one of the people on our broadcast spoke about it um, and how she had one experience. Um, and then a different experience. And I think, again, it's really important just to keep telling stories and keep talking about it so that it becomes more normalised, so that people don't feel like they can't tell anyone, so that people feel like they can go to their parents because they're hearing more and more stories of people going to their parents and it being okay. Mm. All right, let's talk about the making of the film. So you're obviously your lead actress is, she's in every scene, she's your film. And uh, she has to keep, she has a long arc, like 
long journey. So obviously very important in casting. Where did you find, how did you find her to, to be your lead actor? We trained her as an actor. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So we have a part-time drama school and she was a student there. But did she, I'm assuming there, there was a lot of actors that you're training. Why did you pick her specifically? She is grace. Like <laughs> everything about her is this character, you know, it, other other people that we trained are really good at other things. She just fitted this role and, and all of her skill set and everything that she can do naturally is, you know, she's she's amazing. And we I'm just new from the beginning. So did So tell me about uh, the style of the film. Obviously very fast paced, got lots of shots, lots of camera movement. Did you when when you're working with your DP, did you storyboard everything? Did you know exactly what you were doing? Because it seems pretty a pretty stylized meaning like it's like you can tell that there's a lot of thought put into every kind of shot in the film, even the lighting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we used two DOPs because we had the underwater stuff. So it was different with each one of them. Um, I don't know. We, we worked on it for so long. We used to rehearse every Saturday and Sunday for like a, a year beforehand. Seriously, it took that long. And I could just see it in my head. And I would spend a long time talking to the DOP, especially the second one, and just getting him on the same page as where my head was at. And it was more filming rehearsals and screenshotting actual moving images. Like we didn't use storyboards at all. It was more live stuff. And we even went to the extent of filming the film on a mobile phone and editing it together to make sure it all fit. Gotcha. And then, and so then I'm assuming the other actors in the film were, were part of your acting, uh, acting. Yeah. 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 I mean, half of them were, yeah. So everyone was there rehearsing, filming, editing, filling in for other parts, you know, so we were kind of rehearsing the film and editing it. Our, our, our editor, Michael Pike, is extraordinary. He's, the film wouldn't be what it is without him. He is right up there in the, one of the most important people. Yeah. Who's, who's that? The, your DP? No, the editor, Michael the editor, Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's really nicely put it. Yeah, he's a really nicely edited film. So mm. because it's that, yeah, like I said, it, it it only the it, the way you, it's almost like it's like you you rush and then you have a moment. You rush yeah. and then you have a moment. If that makes sense, yeah. it's like uh, you're rushing to the to the unfortunate rape scene and then basically you have that moment and then you're rushing to her kind of crashing, kind of like kind of like hitting rock bottom and then you have the moment with her friend. Right. And the, the, the scene with her friend, it's like then the camera stays still. The camera kind of like goes close up and then all of a sudden, then then tone wise, you kind of rev it up again, the camera up again. That was I'm assuming that was conscious on your part. Definitely. That for me is what PTSD is. Yeah. What you just described in terms, yeah. Yeah. in terms of the pace and the rhythm and the feel. That's what PT, PTSD is. It's escapes you and then you're in control and then you drop and then you're up again yeah and then yeah it, 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 is it fair to say that you have to crash like it's sort of like somebody who has from a, who's addicted uh who, like who has a abuse substance abuse problem in order to get help you have to hit rock bottom you have to like you can't do it in halfway you got to get right down in the in the slums definitely i up. think at the point when grace was on the rooftop she could have jumped over yeah. or she could have turned in another direction. Yeah. She was at rock bottom. You're, yeah. 
in this one would assume that the the hardest part of it all is asking for help i think the hardest part is admitting to yourself that you can't go on like this and things have to change and then yeah asking for help asking yeah. for help so that scene with the the counselor is like even it's sort of like it's interesting because it's it's uh everything's shot from kind of her point of view right so even the way you shot the her going into the counselor like it's all from her. It's every 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 point of every moment in the film is from what from her perspective, I guess, right? Yeah, which is why we made such a big decision to do voiceovers all the way through. Yeah. So 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 tell me, like, did you guys shoot it continuously? Like, how many days did you shoot the to take to shoot the film? You know that. <laughs> um, we shot for eleven days initially. Yeah. And then um, we came back and did um, some more filming about six months later um, for two days. And then we did a day and one month later on the underwater stuff. So in total, 14 days. It seems like her her choice of costume is uh, like what she, her wardrobe is very, it's obviously very conscious, like, how did you pick what uh, did did you buy things for her, her outfits? Did you like was it her outfits? I know it's an independent production. Sometimes it's the actors' outfits, but everything seems it's so deliberate what what she's wearing in every scene. Yes, we took a long time over that, and in our mind, there's three acts: um, yeah. the colorful first act at the university, then the purple and dark contrasty act where she goes through hypervigilance and PTSD. Um, and then the end act, which is fresh and nature, which is when she's starting to recover. And so all the all the set and the colors and the costumes uh, kind of reflected that. But in terms of us getting them, um, we we just, do you know what? Through the whole film, we tried to do it within our means. And if we couldn't, we'd find a way to get more money to do the best job we could. So. If she didn't have a costume and we looked and looked and looked and asked around and we couldn't find it, then we'd find a way to get more money to buy her exactly what she needed to wear. Like that was the kind of thing through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she was so organized in understanding what Grace would have worn and what was, you know, her style and what she would have wanted to wear or how she would have felt wearing something. She she did a lot of work in really what Grace looked like as Grace and not as Esme herself. Mm -hmm. All right, so the, I want to talk about the scene with the with the like you said the, with the gentleman because it's I'm watching your film and I'm like uh oh because it's like we're already trained that like this guy's coming and the way even way you shot it it's almost like he's kind of like not stalking her but like he's coming in from behind. And it's like, oh, this is this could be a dangerous person, and then, and then he's he's the exact opposite, right? And like even the way you like even the way he was introduced in the first act, where like they're flirting with each other, and like and you thought that because you I, I read your synopsis, so you're thinking that something's going down, right? And uh, and then you're thinking that this guy is going to be the he's the quote unquote antagonist, and even because the way you kind of set it up, but then he's not; he's the exact opposite. Was that something consciously on your part too? The the way you kind of set that him up to think yeah. that the audience doesn't like him and then we do like him a lot? Definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a film, isn't it? You've got to keep people guessing a bit. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> 
No, but yeah. it's like it's but you as you said thematically the way you shot it, it's like PTSD, but it's almost that's life too, right? Sometimes we yeah. just we run into people and we we're because of our trauma, we're past whatever individually we have we don't trust and all of a sudden it's like oh maybe that person sometimes the person that we don't like at the beginning becomes our best friend right like it just yeah. that's what life that's how life works mm-hmm. definitely and that in that and he helps her right like in that scene like she she that's when she crashes i guess right mm, yeah um there's a lot of crashes actually yeah. and also one other thing that was really important to us is that uh trauma shows up in the body so she went through PTSD and extreme stress, and then she started getting boils on her chest. And that that's based on one of the real stories as well. And, um, yeah, so it's important that that was really important to me, especially because stress and trauma and these things that happen to people, it can, it can make you sick physically. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you were kind of alluding in the beginning, like all this character does – it's just listen to her. Like he doesn't say much. He just lets her, he lets her vent. He lets her like, uh, and then he, then of course they, he gives what she needs all along. She needs a hug from somebody. And then finally she gets a hug from him. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm cheering up watching it. Like uh, thinking about it. It's a, it's a, there's some solid moments in the, in the, in the film, like really, really good. And it's like, um, and you know, you show us. Then you you give us the last act, meaning that you, like you said, it's in three acts. You give us the the comeback, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, the reveal. And you know, funnily enough, we uh, I spoke to um, some university lecturers in in London, and you know, to ask them if this goes on in universities, and it does. So yeah. yeah. No, we like it's you. You see, like even when I live in Toronto, it's like there you see so many like problems in university, like sexual, like there it's 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 a it's an epidemic. It's like it it's, is. It, it, it's because I get it too, right? Where you're like, I was an idiot when I was 19 years old, and it's like yeah. you're, you're you're moving. It's like everything changes, and it's like you wanna you wanna trust people. You wanna you. It's almost like we consciously as a human wanna find a new family, in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean. Because yeah. we, most of us grew up with that kind of family dynamic. So then when we move off, move away for the first time, we want to recreate that dynamic in a sense, right? And then unfortunately, you know, that's that, that's problems occur, right? And then of course you you're you want to be free, you want to have fun, you're like you're you you're you know, you like men, boys, girls, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's you're just a bunch of idiots out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, the, yeah. and the hope is the hope is is that. Uh, you know, we could, people become more aware. We're hoping to get this into universities, um, to because there's a whole kind of uh, campaign to educate young yeah. students about this in universities, and and the Nightingale is hopefully um, going to be a part of that education and go through all of the universities in the UK. Yeah, I hundred I hundred percent agree. It's like and it's like like I said, and it's important that like again, it's important you show like the comeback, the, the, like her, her coming back to becoming a, a version of herself again, I guess. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. enjoying being happy, enjoying life again after the trauma. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So we send the audience to you with the audience feedback. What did you think about uh, what the, our Toronto audience had to say about your film? Oh my God. We loved it. It was so good. Um, it was, it was one of the highlights actually so far of our festival run 
to get your video. And, you know, I, I, I think that just from the feedback, I think that some of the people have gone through what Grace had been through yeah. and they really felt it on a deep level. It really impacted them. And um, I don't know, I thought, I thought their comments were really insightful and very passionate and they really felt the film. And that, that was the main thing for me, you know, change doesn't happen without you feeling it. Mm. And I felt they felt it. They, they went with it. Yeah. I think also like, it was the first time we had any feedback on the film. It was the first time we heard people speak about our film. And it was a bit scary. And it was yeah. really nice to see that they picked up on the things that we weren't sure if people were going to pick up on. Um, hearing people comment on the different characters and mm. how amazing Esme was as playing Grace. And it just, it was, it was so relieving you know it was like okay okay it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent uh just one one last point i wanted to make is that that in the this character it's a great film of course it's it's uh really important this character's got is a little bit lucky in a sense where she's got support she's got the courage to go to get support she's got courage to have her friends but one of the problems i guess i'm, I'm assuming is that some people don't have that support system they don't have that trust with with others and that's and that's when it becomes like dangerous like even with the like, i alluded to the parents and like family and friends and like and hopefully like there's a situation where like these people could find trust i guess like i guess the in university like i've talked to someone even about like a a down the united uh, university of toronto and where, where i live is that is that there's going to be more funding for for basically places where this character can go, I guess, right? To talk to somebody. And, oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, there, there's a, in, in the UK, there's a 14-month waiting list to get any kind of help. That's that's insane, right? Right? How yeah. crazy is that? Yeah. When one in three women are getting raped, yeah, it's a 14-month, Like, there's right? a problem. That is not, that's a problem, right? So imagine having cancer. Imagine having cancer and saying you have to wait 14 months to get treatment, right? So... That's why we did the podcast so that yeah. if people are waiting and they hear the podcast, they hear people that have been through it, it gives them strength. You know, we need to keep on talking about it. Mm -hmm. We need to talk to guys and they need to see the film and see what it does to people for a long time afterwards, you know? Yeah. I just, this is like a macro comment, but basically like the, the, the healthcare system is all about the physical, right? Like you have a physical problem, you got a broken arm, we'll fix you. But they don't, there's not enough about the emotional, right? Not enough about the emotional trauma. That seems yeah. to get the, the lock that, that, that I think from a, a big picture standpoint, that's what needs to change. Like even Definitely. my country and your country, we're like, because that's how people, these people's lives are, they're, they're, they, they can, like, like your character in your film, she can recover, right? But that's like, because it's, it's, it's like having, it's like it's having a broken, it's like having a broken body part. It's like you, and if it doesn't get healed, then they're 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 going to be broken forever, right? Right. I completely agree. Yeah. Definitely. So good. Good on you for making the film. Congratulations on the success of it. Like I said, gutsy film from a like you said from a business standpoint. Thirty-seven minutes is a long film, but it's it it goes so fast and it's really well directed. It's like you said, the editor. Yeah, it's a it's a really well put together, nice nicely crafted film. So hopefully, you guys are going to make another film soon oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we will <laughs>
Well, I wish you the best of success and thank you for your time. And uh, let's talk oh, thank again you. when that film is made. Thank you so much. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.